There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The latest from 7 News with Angela Cox. Good evening and welcome tonight. Children under 12, one step closer to a COVID vaccine. Wild weather, how long half the country will endure heavy downpours and switched before birth. The two mums who unknowingly began raising each other's babies after an IVF mix-up. But first, a look at the top stories this evening. A Melbourne doctor's rooms have been raided by Victorian health authorities after he refused to give them patient files and documents. He is accused of supplying fake vaccination exemptions. A live update on that story coming up. Moderna is a step closer tonight to having its COVID vaccine cleared for use in Australian children under 12. After reviewing clinical data, the medical regulator has given Moderna a provisional determination. The drug maker can now apply for its doses to be approved in 6 to 11-year-olds. More on that, on when that could happen in a moment. One of the country's most wanted men is in police custody, awaiting extradition tonight after his run from the law came undone with one simple mistake. A Queensland police constable became suspicious after noticing an unlocked shipping container at the border crossing. The officer tapped on the side and Mustafa Balush, who was hiding inside, tapped back. Police say they suspect the accused drug smuggler thought the knock was a signal for a drop-off point. Belouche was controversially on bail when he cut off his ankle tracking bracelet. Masks are off in southeast Queensland. A mandate on face coverings at schools, hospitality, hairdressers and work has been lifted. Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk ditched the rule after the state passed the 80% first dose vaccine target. They'll still be required at airports and on planes. And half the country is in for heavy rain and storms until Friday with once in a decade rainfall hitting parts of southern Queensland. Flash flooding is forecast in northern New South Wales and parts of inland southern Queensland, including Roma and Charleville. Central Australia has already been drenched with major flooding in Alice Springs. Eastern Victoria will have up to 50 millimetres of rain on Friday, with 46 millimetres predicted for Melbourne in the next two days. Let's take a closer look at tonight's top story. And a GP accused of issuing fake vaccine exemptions has had his practice in Melbourne raided. Tegan Doling has been following the story. Tegan, what did officials seize? Well, the officials from the Department of Health, Ange, uh, they raided Dr Mark Hobart's GP office this afternoon. He says that they took uh, patient files and information. The Department of Health wouldn't exactly confirm what they took other than saying it will now be uh, used as evidence. This all follows claims, as you said, that this doctor, this GP here in Melbourne, has been giving out uh, false vaccination certificates. Uh, and that's obviously something that is very much not allowed right across Australia. Very strict reasons as to why 
you can get an exemption from the vaccine. And as the officials raided his office here in Sunshine today, he had a lot of supporters there who actually live streamed the entire incident as it unfolded and as you're seeing now. So how has Dr Hobart responded to the raid? Well, he says that he doesn't know why he has been targeted by the health officials. That's despite him being very critical of the Victorian government's handling of the COVID pandemic and of lockdowns and his strong stance against the COVID vaccinations. There is no privacy and confidentiality with medical files anymore. The new laws have thrown this out the window. This means that the government should go to any doctor and enter their premises and seize the patient's files for no reason. They and Ange, the Department of Health has told Seven News that they are actually investigating a small number of Victorian GPs, uh, looking at them into this sort of uh, handing out of vaccinations, of fake certificates to people here in Victoria. Okay, thanks so much. Tegan Doling. Moderna has cleared a key hurdle in getting its COVID vaccine approved for children aged 6 to 11. Tom Saker is following the story for us from Sydney. Tom, what are the details? Well, Ange, Moderna has been granted a provisional determination by the Therapeutic Goods Administration after updated clinical data which was submitted to them on the use of vaccines between in that age group that you mentioned, uh, 6 to 11. Uh, now, this comes, uh, today's breakthrough comes as the TGA are becoming increasingly concerned about the impacts of COVID-19 on school-aged kids, particularly young ones, and at sporting activities as well. Uh, they're becoming increasingly concerned after as we know, it has been well documented that a huge portion of the New South Wales case numbers uh, are made up of kids aged under 10. Uh, now, they join Pfizer in the line um, to get approval by the TGA, uh, but you can expect that they both will be fast-tracked given the urgency and the nature of the virus. And this, of course, follows the recent FDA approval in the United States for use of the Pfizer vaccine on kids aged above five. But this should give parents some comfort knowing that very soon they will be able to send their kids to school with some form of protection against COVID-19, Ange. So, Tom, what are the next steps before young children can get the jab? Well, provisional determination is the first designation and it is the first step in quite a lengthy and thorough process. However, we do know that the TGA will give this the full priority because, as I said, it will be fast-tracked and there is some urgency, but we can also be assured that it will be, uh, make sure, they will make sure that it will be safe and effective in, uh, you know, protecting these young kids against the virus. However, this all comes today as France joins a growing list of European nations to actually ban the use of the Moderna jab uh, overseas in people aged under 30 uh, because of some evidence of heart inflammation. I will say that those cases are very minor and very rare. Uh, and we can be assured that the TGA will make sure that the vaccine is safe and effective before they go inoculating young kids. Ange? OK, thanks so much. Tom Saker. An intense rain system is building up strength and in the coming hours will drench most of the country. Warnings are in place right now with the deluge already hammering parts of Queensland. Elliot Chipper is live for us in Brisbane. Elliot, what areas of the state are already seeing the wild weather? 
Good evening, Ange. Well, while it's dry and humid here in Brisbane this evening, it's not going to stay that way for long. Regional Queensland has been getting hit pretty hard by these thunderstorms and heavy rain as that intense weather system moves towards the coastline. Out west in Roma, homes were hit hard by heavy rain and strong winds, while the Dumeric River at Texas on the border is expected to flood in the coming days. Now, the issue here is that they've already been receiving rainfall for several days, so water catchments water storage areas, rivers, the ground is saturated and those water storage areas are already full. So the water can't go down, it's potentially going to cause flash flooding, which we already saw in central Queensland yesterday with parts of the Bruce Highway closed, reopening just before 11 o'clock. Meanwhile, just north of Rockhampton, in Samuel Hill, 340 millimetres were recorded. That's five times the November average for that area. And Yeah, it's really bucketing down by the looks of those pictures. What is the Weather Bureau saying about the days ahead? The worst is yet to come. Uh, that intense weather system, as I say, moving towards the coast, that's only going to intensify. Flash, uh, flood, oh, sorry, flood warnings have now been issued by the Bureau of Meteorology for the Darling Downs and Granite Belt regions. That includes the Gundawindi area. Uh, the system is slow moving, so those thunderstorms are going to be dropping uh, quite a large amount of rain and slowly, so it's going to be hanging around for quite a while. We could expect to see as much as three times the November average for some parts of Queensland in the next three days, especially around the southeast and central Queensland. Incredible. And okay, thanks so much, Elliot. The most wanted fugitive in New South Wales is back in custody tonight after being on the run for two weeks. Alleged drug kingpin Mustafa Balouche was found in the back of a truck trying to get into Queensland. For more on this, I'm joined by Robert Avadia. Rob, how did police find him? It was, uh, I think, good instinct from police, you could say, and uh, good luck and good management. And the good luck part is that Mustafa Balouche has essentially given himself up. Federal police had provided to New South Wales police intel that he might be trying to cross the Queensland border in a truck. There had been several trucks uh, inspected before this one. This one drew particular suspicion, however, because the, the locks seemed unfastened at the back. And just on instinct, a uh, constable in the Queensland Police Force knocked on the container and there was a knock on the other side. The presumption from Mustafa Balouche was that it, he was at the end of his journey, that it was the signal that he could get out. Unfortunately for him, police were waiting. Incredible. Now, Rob, the police minister has said he was furious Belouche got bail. Do we know where he was trying to go? The tip is that he was trying to go to Europe very, very early on. Police had suspected he might have even taken a private plane to Melbourne. So there were all sorts of theories, but police were always fairly confident that he remained in Australia, and that is obviously borne out to be correct. I think a lot of people were furious about the bail decision. That specific decision for Mustafa Balush to be given bail is because he had obviously successfully argued to a magistrate it was difficult to prepare his defence with COVID restrictions in jail. But if you apply that, argument to any prisoner in the system right now. They should all get out on bail. Mustafa Belouche in particular was facing life in jail and had a lot of money to be able to sustain a life on the run. So a particularly high flight risk. And so Rob, is it safe to assume he won't be trying for bail again tomorrow? 
Oh, Angela, I, I don't like to predict too often on the news what is going to happen, but I'm pretty certain, I think I can say, that there is no way he will apply for bail or even get bail in the next couple of days, given what's happened. So the process tomorrow will be an extradition hearing at Southport Magistrates, after which he will be driven across the border. The initial intention was to fly, but he is unvaccinated, can't do that. So he will be driven across to a New South Wales police station, will be formally charged, and then a lengthy drive back to Sydney to contemplate his future. Okay, thanks so much, Robert Ovadia. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. A grandfather killed in a hit and run in Melbourne is being remembered tonight as a big-hearted, humble man who loved his family. Traffic controller Timmy Reiki was struck by a speeding driver while setting up safety cones in Caram Downs. One of his colleagues was critically injured and has undergone surgery. The driver and an accomplice who helped him flee remain on the run. A group of AFL players is right now isolating after potentially being exposed to infected Hawks young gun, Finn McGuinness. The 20-year-old developed symptoms yesterday and has since tested positive. McGuinness went to Hawthorne's Waverley Park facility on Monday and was in close contact with a handful of teammates. They're all isolating for seven days and have so far tested negative. A fisherman in far north Queensland is recovering after an attack that sounds like it's been ripped from a Crocodile Dundee film. The 60-year-old was casting his line last week when a saltwater croc lunged at him and dragged him into a river. Luckily, he had a belt knife and stabbed the crocodile in the head. The animal let go and the man was able to drive himself to hospital. A US judge has ruled that an investigation into January's Capitol riot will have access to White House presidential records. An inquiry is trying to establish if Donald Trump had prior knowledge of plans by protesters to storm the Capitol building. The documents include phone records, visitor logs and other items that could shed light on the events leading up to the riot. Ten of Trump's former aides have been ordered to give evidence. A lawsuit has been launched against a California fertility clinic after two mothers unknowingly gave birth to and began raising each other's babies. After discovering the alleged mix-up, one of the couples is now suing the IVF facility. CNN's Kristen Lazar spoke with the parents. This is video of the moment Alexander Cardinali met his biological daughter for the first time when she was four months old. Losing the birth child that you know for the genetic child that you don't even know yet. It's a truly impossible nightmare. Alexander's wife, Daphna, described what it was like to realize that she had been raising a child that was not biologically hers. Instead of breastfeeding my own child, 
I breastfed and bonded with a child I was later forced to give away. The Cardinales have filed a lawsuit against their fertility doctor, Eli Ron Moore, seen here in a promotional video. They're also suing his clinic and his lab. The couple first suspected that something was wrong when Daphna gave birth to a baby who didn't look like them or their older daughter. Constantly fighting, nagging questions and pushing down dark thoughts of doubt. It was truly my hell. A genetic test at three months old determined the baby girl was not biologically theirs. And the Cardinales soon learned their embryo was switched with another couple who was raising their biological daughter. The babies were born in 2019, just a week apart. Our memories of childbirth will always be tainted by the sick reality that our biological child was given to someone else. And the baby that I fought to bring into this world was not mine to keep. The couple's attorney says the multi-billion dollar fertility industry needs more regulation. Fertility centers are almost entirely unregulated. Barbershops and nail salons are subject to far tighter state and federal regulation. Fertility expert Dr. Jeffrey Steinberg, who has been in the business for 35 years, disputes this. We're inspected every two years by the College of American Pathologists. These are high-end inspections. They look at every single detail of every single procedure that goes on. Dr. Steinberg says this was likely a case of human error. He points out that in his lab, every dish that is used is laser etched with the parents' names. It's identification, identification, identification. We have, we have a quadruple safety system. Electric cars are making headlines this week with the federal government promising 50,000 new charging ports around the country, predicting a third of cars sold by 2030 will be electric or hybrid. Trent Nikolic is the managing editor at drive.com.au. Trent, what kind of demand are you seeing for electric vehicles here? Well, the demand's picking up slowly, Angela. People in Australia are interested in them. Not in massive numbers, though, yet. Uh, you know, in a market of a million cars, the sales are still making up less than 1%. So it's safe to say that Australians are probably cautiously optimistic at this point. So what do you think needs to happen for more buy-in? I think the first thing that needs to happen, Angela, is that the price needs to come down. Uh, Australians are pretty savvy when it comes to buying cars. And, yes... We do buy a lot of expensive cars in Australia and we do tend towards the more expensive variants of cars, but Australians won't necessarily pay a premium just because the vehicle is electric. So I think the price needs to come down. That'd be the first thing. And then beyond that, you mentioned the 50,000 charging ports. I think charging infrastructure and public charging infrastructure needs to be more broadly available. Mm. So you were talking about the cost. What does an electric vehicle cost compared with a similar model on regular fuel? Okay, so the most affordable electric vehicle in Australia right now is the MG ZS EV. That's 44990 44 drive away, I should say. Um, it's difficult to compare a regular car to an electric car because you're not necessarily comparing apples with apples. But if you look at Hyundai, uh, a regular i30 sedan starts in the mid-20s and their Ionic full electric vehicle, which is a sedan as well, a small sedan, starts in the mid-50s. So there's a fair price premium there. Yeah, that's a huge difference. What do you think the best models are that are available here in Australia right now? 
We've test-driven some really impressive stuff in the last few months, one of which is, is on screen now. It's the um, Hyundai Ioniq 5. That is a particularly impressive vehicle. Uh, we've got a review coming up on the website later tonight for the new Polestar 2, so you can see our thoughts on that tomorrow. That, that's another one that promises to make a real impact in the market. And then, of course, there's the perennial favourite, and the one that gets a lot of the publicity is the Tesla Model 3. It's hard to argue that around that $60,000 mark to start with, that that's not good value for money for that car. So would you go electric? Do you think it's worth it? Uh, look, I think I say to people all the time, if you can afford it and if you can justify driving an electric vehicle, then absolutely look at it. I would love to have one for me as a second car. I tend to travel longer distances more regularly than some people do. So for me, I couldn't rely on just having an electric vehicle as one vehicle. But I think if you're a two-car family, if you've got the budget there, I think an electric vehicle makes a lot of sense because being able to charge it at home, uh, being able to do something for the environment and make a bit of a difference, I think is important. You talked about bringing those costs down. Federal government obviously talking up a big game, but is there something more that they can be doing to make them cheaper? Well, I think if you look, Angela, at markets around the world where take-up of electric vehicles is really, really high, somewhere like Norway, government incentives are very, very prominent there. So I think our government needs to ask itself the question, if it is serious about encouraging Australians to buy electric cars in large numbers, it needs to do more than it's currently doing. And I think incentivising people to buy them, whether it's through cheaper registration or whether it's through being able to charge them for free or even subsidising the initial purchase price, I think that will encourage Australians to look at them. Indeed. OK, thanks so much. Trent Nicolich. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Now let's get a check of the country's vaccination rates. More than 81% of the eligible population is fully vaccinated against COVID. 90% of Australians should have received both doses of the vaccine by the 11th of December. Here's the state and territory breakdown. 69% of Queenslanders are fully vaccinated. More than 90% of New South Wales is double dosed. The ACT has over 95% coverage. Victoria is at 85% fully vaccinated. It's dead on 80% in Tasmania. South Australia is nearing 72%. 68% of people in the Northern Territory are vaccinated and Western Australia lagging behind on 67%. Thank you for your company this evening from the team here at 7 News. That is the latest. I'm Angela Cox. Good night. <laughs>